Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Shane Ebert, who is the CEO of Canex Metals. There, it's TSXV Gold Explorer with hunting for gold in Arizona. We speak to them about their business plan. They've got about 1.5 million bucks, another half million bucks uh, coming through from warrants and shares in another Canadian junior by the end of this year. So their $400,000 expiration and drill program for the next 30 days is well covered. Uh, we look forward to speaking to them in about a month's time to see what they've managed to discover. Enjoy the podcast. Shane, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, first time we've spoken and, and uh, we talked and we indeed heard this story. So looking forward to it. So where in the world are you? I'm in northern Arizona in a hotel room right now. Excellent. Excellent. Hard at work. So you're back at work, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Out in the field. Been here almost two months. We're just starting drilling. It's an exciting time for the company. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I, we did want to sort of talk to you and hear this story. We've had a few requests. So um, why don't you kick off, give us a one minute overview of the uh, project, and then we'll pick it up from there. Great. So Canex is focused on high-grade gold, northern Arizona. We're into an area um, with lots of widespread gold mineralization, not a lot of past exploration, and a lot of good opportunities. So we're excited about uh, um, getting in there and exploring this new zone. Um, it holds some some really good high-grade near-surface gold upside for investors. And uh, we're, we're putting together some really good targets. And, and now we're at the drill stage. So this is where we start to test some of those targets. Okay. Well, look, it's a relatively new story. I mean, you're literally, announcement today, you are going to be drilling today. Uh, and yeah, you're yeah. going to be making an announcement fairly quickly. So given it's a new story, let me try and understand what I'm buying into here, okay? So when I start with you, what, what's your history and track record? So I'm a geologist, uh, did degrees in Canada and Australia, and I did, I did my studies in, in Nevada. So a lot of history in the Great Basin. Um, I worked through Nevada, Mexico, from, you know, from Alaska to South America quite a bit. Um, been part of a team that's had quite a bit of success the last 20 years. Um, initially with Tyler Resources, our team found and sold a large copper deposit in Mexico. Uh, since then, we went on to discover uh, gold deposits in, in Newfoundland. Uh, I've been involved in copper gold discoveries in British Columbia. And, you know, a lot of, of project work throughout the Western U.S. So this is an area we're comfortable with, our team's comfortable with. And we see a lot of upside. Okay, so th- thanks, thanks for that rundown on what you, your background is. But um, let's talk about what you set out to do. I mean, were you part of the founding uh, group here? Because obviously this company's been around. It has been restructured um, into yeah. what we see today. So when did you get involved? So I've been involved now for about 12 years. So um, back after Tyler wrapped up and that company was taken over, we took on new management roles in in this company. So the precursor was Northern Abitibi Mining, um, involved in exploration all over the place. Um, A few years back, um, we restructured the company and Altius Minerals came in as a a founding partner. They helped us recapitalize and uh, they've been a really strong supporter of the company. So this, this new company was looking for projects and basically an opportunity came up in northern Arizona that had really good potential. We, we saw 
um, a, a lot of gold over a widespread area and a project where we could go in and put things together for low cost and, and meet our criteria, which are, you know, we're, we're looking for opportunity, but in this case, gold, which is a great commodity in a fantastic location. Arizona is clearly one of the um, premier first world mining jurisdictions. They're in the top 10 in the Fraser Institute. It's a great location. If you look, we have Nevada to the north. We've got northern Mexico to the south. The geology continues through the two. Lots of opportunity here. So the management team loved the jurisdiction, saw good early stage opportunity where we could leverage our skill sets and add value quickly through low cost, really good um, science on the ground and bring to investors um, high grade near surface targets that we see scale to. I mean, it's exploration, it's early stage, but we're seeing what we wanna see in terms of checking boxes for size, for potential, for what we need to actually make a real discovery that we can move to the next level, which would be resources and eventually monetizing or, okay, okay. or moving forward. So hang on, I just want to understand something. So you've been involved with this entity for 12 years, but and Altius got involved when? When did they put money in? A couple of years ago, we, we restructured, they helped us recapitalize and they got behind us as an exploration company. Right, okay, right. And how much money did they put in? Uh, they put in a few hundred thousand initially to, to get us off the ground, get us moving. And, and that was the catalyst. It was at a time when it was hard to raise money. So they saw the opportunity. They liked the background. They liked the people involved. They've been a strong supporter. I've, I've done work for them in the past. They know our group very well. Um, we've worked on projects. We made a gold discovery with Altius in Newfoundland five, six years ago. So we have a good working relationship. They like the way that we put money into the ground. We're very effective and efficient with the capital that we do raise. It goes mostly into exploration. And they were very happy to support us at a time when, you know, it was tough to raise money a few years back. Definitely. So that kept us going. That got us um, the ability to look for targets to focus and to, to move the company forward. Okay. So they're backing the management team. Uh, you've made money with them before and they're hoping you can do that again. Um, but it's only a few hundred thousand bucks. So, I mean, how much money have you raised, you know, since then? And how much money have you got today? Yeah, since then, just over a million in a bit. Right now, we have about 1.2 million cash and equivalents. Um, we're spending a portion of that on this drilling program, but we'll come out of this with a, you know, not a, not as high a bank account as we'd like, but still a healthy bank account to get us through the next six months, 12 months. Okay. So but, given they back know, the- In this business. Yeah, so I was about to say, Shane, so, so given they just, I just want to finish off with the management team, okay? So it's, it's you and who? So the other technical person on the team is J.P. Dutras. He's a, a geologist, technical background. We have a couple of directors with a financial background um, that have really helped with the business side of things. And then we just have, you know, some core management teams that are great at capital markets, corporate, um, the rules and the regs um, of navigating the the, the, uh, the system. Okay, so when did you then find the asset? Um, how did you find the asset? Yeah, so that's interesting. About a year ago, I got a call from a prospector who lives part-time down in Arizona. Um, we did a deal with a separate company with that group. So he knew us from a, from a different, uh, different life. And he was out metal detecting and he found some, some coarse nuggety gold in place uh, with his metal detector. They ended up taking out about 20 ounces of gold from a little pocket that they dug up. 
So, I mean, he took a picture, he showed it to me, a nice quartz vein with splashy gold, looks really impressive. And I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. New discovery, area that hasn't been looked at, under about a foot of cover, looked like lots of upside. So I thought, okay, I love Arizona. We're looking in the Western US for, for projects. So I hopped on a plane, came down, went out, looked at the site with him. I mean, it was definitely of interest. There wasn't enough exposed to say too much about his discovery. But I spent a few days just walking around and started to come up with some old workings from the 1880s, um, starting to trace some bigger structures. And all of a sudden could see that, you know, there's potential here to put something together with some good, honest boots and hammer work on the ground. Um, seeing some visible gold in some of these quartz veins. So, you know, it's mineralized before assays. Uh, and, and widths up to five meters. So right off the bat, I, I had a pretty positive impression. Um, and we ended up doing a deal on a few claims. And since then, we've, we've grown the claims exponentially. We now have 145 claims. We've surrounded that area. We've incorporated four or five small-scale paths-producing um, gold operations dating to the 1880s and including a, a small-scale heap leach operation dating from the 1980s. So we were able to assemble a land package and start to trace some of these mineralized zones. One of them we've traced for over five kilometers. So we're starting to see the scale that we want in the system and, and widespread veins. Some of these veins are small. They're discontinuous. They're not what they're looking for. But put together as the whole package, they give us a really good idea what's going on structurally. And, and our focus is to pull out via structure and good geology and geochem and all the typical methods, including geophysics, the bigger zones, the bigger targets. And that's what we've been focused on. Okay, so, so tell, me, tell me this, okay. So I don't know about the boots on the ground and I'm walking around and, and looking at stuff. Neither do 99% of the people watching this, okay. What they do understand is that a lot of companies come to market, who've, you know, and 19 out of 20, 95% of them will fail. Okay, and what they don't know, what the, what I would like to understand is how do we identify? How do we get excited about the things that you're excited about when you see this? Because it's quite easy to go and raise some money off the back of anything at the moment, anything with gold in it. You're, you're going to be able to raise whatever capital you want, and most of those will never see the light of day in terms of getting into production. They just won't. So, help me understand what you think you've got there and why this isn't just a sort of capital promote type project. Right. Yeah, well, you're, you hit the nail on the head. Most exploration projects don't pan out. I mean, this is the riskiest stage. And, and basically, we're in the business of trying to mitigate risk. So, I mean, we've mitigated the political social risk by being in a good jurisdiction. But how do we mitigate the exploration risk, the, the geology? How do you separate this from something that's of interest, but not going to go anywhere. So to do that, what I like to do is look at certain criteria and check certain boxes in the exploration stage. One of it is there's grade. Uh, we love to see grade because how do you know that you can have lots of mineralization, but grades hard to replicate. So we see grade, we see halos around some of these things. But but what we do is we have a picture here that has the potential for a bigger scale system. So there's, there's, in nature, there's tons of small scale systems. There's only a few bigger scale systems that actually become mines and actually become mineable. And the key is to try to recognize that. So you wanna look for certain things. Here we see a genetic model that, that works for us. 
Um, it's got size, it's got analogies. Um, uh, we see structure, we see a distribution of mineralization over a large area, and we see the potential to have the right traps to get higher grade zones of high grade mineralization over bigger areas. That's but, what we're focused on. But how can you say that? You haven't drilled a hole. You, you're looking at that surface. You've got no data. I mean, t- give me some assurances about how you come to that conclusion. So to build those targets, you have to do, you have to start from scratch. We started from scratch here. We had no information, no assays. So now we have over 2000 soil samples, over 500 rock samples. We use that surface data. We've flown a high resolution airborne magnetic survey with drones. That survey has been really good, very low cost, but extremely good, high quality information. So we can map the structures and trace them on the surface. We can follow them and extend them with that geophysical survey. We can combine all these, these quality data sets and, and start to develop targets, um, understand the structure, understand the modifications of the mineralized zones post-mineral, which is common in this part of the world, and, and put it all together into a picture where we can say, look at if there's, a, if there's mineralization here, um, we need a few holes in this zone because it's got size potential. It could be this big uh, or, or, or not. But um, just to back up here a bit, over half of our targets are directly targeting high-grade mineralization that we see at surface. So a lot of our targets are low risk. If we can duplicate what we see at surface, it's gonna be a very good success for us. Then we go out and take a few flyers. Then we look at our model, we look at our structure, and we look at the picture that we're building and we say, okay, here's an area that we can't see much, it's covered. But if, if there's mineralization there and our structural model suggests it could be a really good trap, we put a few holes into these areas. Maybe we've got a big soil anomaly, maybe we've got other criteria that suggests there's gold there, but basically, Part of the risk exploration is you're you're taking some low risk drill hole bets, but you're also taking some flyers on things that could maybe make a difference and change change the game if they're successful. But but realistically, you're only going to hit on a few of those if you do right. That's the risk of exploration. Okay, so that I mean to me that sounds like quite generic. Okay, that you know all geo teams are going to say those things to me. I'm I'm looking for the you have made discoveries, good good discoveries in the past. You've got a track record. Altius think you're good. You've made money for them. And what I'm trying to get at is the real nub of what did you see when you're on the ground? What is the data which is saying to you, this is not just some interim step for me until I find something more decent to go work on. This is going to be meaningful. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to quantify, but in a nutshell, what I see there is, is what I see when I work on other deposits that do have what it takes to become a mine. So if I want to make a direct analogy, I've worked a lot in the Pogo district in Alaska, and I've mapped a lot of these high-grade veins. I've mapped some of the intrusions around there. I've seen some of the sheeted stock works in the intrusions and, and the distribution of these high-grade around veins. So by direct analogy, I liked what I saw there. And, and, and on the ground here in Arizona, um, the desert has a pretty good memory. But you, you can go out there and there's, there's no trenches, there's no drill holes. This has been gone over by a hundred companies in the past. This is, we're putting together a new project in, in this area and testing the guts of it for the first time. It hasn't been done before. Um, so the analogy that what we're seeing on the ground here with what I've seen in the field in, in deposits of this style um, is very compelling. I like what I see. There's a lot of good similarities. So basically analogies are a great way in this business to 
understand what you're looking at and move things forward. So that's that's what we're doing here. We're, we're we like what we see. We're seeing gold. We're seeing structure. We're seeing the right kind of structure, and now we're we're moving forward and testing it. So how committed are you? I mean, how much money? How much of your money is in this? So over the years, I've got a few hundred thousand of my own money in. Um, doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, as a, someone running and managing and, and and doing this as a career, it's significant on my end. Okay, and so talk to me about what you're going to do with, say, a million bucks. Because you, what's your GNA first? I mean, what, what, how much are you burning through just in terms of the administrative component? Yeah, so we're around three hundred fifty thousand to four hundred thousand a year in GNA. Right. Um, we run a pretty tight ship. We share offices. We do a lot to control costs. Um, like what? And that's like what? A lot of that is just regulatory regulatory compliance. Right. So we don't have a lot of high overheads. We work project specific. Um, and you know, we do everything as cost effectively as we can. We've done that for 20 years. You sit in another couple of boards. So how do you apportion your time between this and, and those projects? Yeah. So with my other projects, um, I mean, we have teams involved in both, uh, the last few years when things are slow, um, it's not an issue, right? There's not as much to do as you'd like. And, 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 uh, works good as things get busier then your time the demand on your time gets higher so it's basically assembling good quality teams that can do the work that that you have trust in that can go out and get the job done cost effectively and do it right and uh, and move things forward so time management is very important okay any paying yourself here or are you just taking i mean how do you remunerate remunerate yourself it's hard I to take say. a modest daily wage. So in terms of remuneration, yeah, I take a modest daily wage and uh, and options. Um, I'm not in this for the daily wage that I take. I'm in this for the big picture. So my shareholdings and the option package I have is is basically my my compensation. Okay, so let's talk about money in the ground. I mean, you've you've got a small amount of money. You can't run it up to the wire. So how are you allocating capital? to you know, further develop your understanding of what, what it is that you have? Yeah, so we're going to spend about 400000 on this drill program. We've spent maybe 300000 getting to this stage with the surface work, the geophysics, all the things that we've done. We'll spend about 400000 in. We'll have half a million, 600000 in the bank um, post-program. Um, and, and, you know, and then it's very much a results-driven way forward. Um, we've got some really good shareholders behind us we've got the ability to raise money when we need it um, we can go into that a bit later uh, but you know as we have success and move forward um, like any junior we need to raise money to keep things going um, if things don't pan out then you take your next opportunity and move forward with that um, okay so four hundred thousand. Um, it depends what what comes um, back I mean you've literally just announced this morning that uh, a drill Drilling has commenced at the Gold Range property. Um, when are you hoping to report back to the market? So, I mean, we'll give regular updates now that drilling's commenced. So hopefully every week, uh, thereabouts, we'll, we'll put out an update. We've done a ton of surface work, so we'll be able to start putting out some surface results, but everybody wants drill results. That's, that's what you know we're in this for. So we're gonna start sending drill hole, complete drill holes to the lab in batches of two or three. So hopefully, depending on lab turnaround, in the next three, four weeks, we can start releasing drill hole results to the market. And, you know, people can understand what it is that we're getting. Okay. Tell me this. Just a technical question for you. You're, you're the GA, right? Uh, chip and grab samples, do they 
tend to be a lot higher than, you know, diamond drill results because you're sort of a little bit more selective. The drill results are usually more representative. Right. Sure. What we're doing with this program, we have a lot of coarse gold, so we can see gold in a lot of the veins. It's, that's always the hardest material to analyze um, to get a representative, repeatable result. The nugget effect is, is well known and, and it's challenging. So what we're doing to mitigate that with drilling is doing a, a big size, taking big samples and prepping them in a way that we get the most representative samples that we can. So we have over 500 chip and grab samples now. And, and you're right, sometimes you're, you're understating, sometimes you're overstating. In case in point, we did a trench um, about six months ago. We took a sample across an interval and we got around two grams per ton gold. We resampled the same interval. We got closer to 15 grams per ton gold. We, we know it's mineralized. We can see gold in the vein, but the volume and where you sample that vein can make a difference. So you got to do whatever you can to mitigate that. So yes, when you're, when you're out there taking chips and grabs, they can be overstated. They can be understated. Hopefully they're somewhere around what's representative and, and you need, you need big samples, but you also need to, uh, to prep them right. You need to do everything that you can technical from a technical side to reduce the nugget effect. Right. Okay. It's because we, you talk, you talk in the press release about chip and grab samples from 48 grams a ton to, but averaging 8.5 grams a ton. I just wonder if that, what, how, how do you go about assessing what is representative for the, the, the region or the district and what your expectations are when you start drilling? Yeah, I mean, and that's tough. And when, when, we, when we release those samples, we're including samples of high-grade veins and we're including samples of the wall rock adjacent to the vein, which could have low-grade mineralization or no mineralization. So when we chip sample a zone, we want to get out of mineralization. So we want to sample the good stuff, but we also want the wall rock. So when I say averages over 48 samples or however, 64 samples, um, we're including zero value and, and the best value. Not always the best way. You should really actually pull out your mineralized veins and take that range for those things. But it, it just gives people an idea. We've taken lots of samples from the zone and there's a lot of gold in the zone. The drill will really help us um, determine continuity and grade through that zone okay and, and that's what we're going to rely on okay so how long is this drill program lasting so if all goes well and smoothly which almost never happens on a drill program it should be about 21 days and and we should have it wrapped up about three weeks three weeks and sorry and, and in, in terms of your four hundred thousand dollars spend is that what over what period is that yeah so that's all through the drill program it's all through the results that gets us to everything being done and complete and all results in Right. Okay. So that will be, uh, you know, a month and a half. That's about what our, our cash balance will be. Okay. So pretty quickly, you're going to have to work out what you've got, and then you're going to probably have to go back to your shareholders. You mentioned a second ago, you've got some very understanding um, shareholders, I assume Altius and others, um, who, all things being well, should follow their money. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think we can raise money, especially in this market, um, on the back of positive results it gets a lot easier, definitely. So, I mean, at some point we're gonna to have to look at, you know, keeping going, what's the next stage? What are we gonna to give to investors after this? A lot of that will depend on what we find. Um, when we're done this program, we've already got six or eight really good targets to drill test on phase two. So if we can move forward with a few zones here that we can build resources on, 
that'd be fantastic because we can we can move right to the resource building stage and we can also start to bring on our new targets and test our new targets so you know as this program goes we we move things forward we're continually bringing on new targets and uh, as we understand new zones and as the drill shows us where to go where not to go we can uh, act accordingly and start moving forward and and start to build value with the drill right okay and so when do you think the the real value starts being um, created, you know, when should people be looking at your company? Because, like I say, it's early stage. It's going to appeal to to some. It's gonna, not going to appeal to others. Um, but I think today you've been quite clear about what people would be getting into if they did look at you. So, where do you think the value lies? They, they should sit back and wait till the drill results come out, shouldn't they? Well, typically the discovery phase with the drill is where you add the most value on any project in any company. So, I mean, we're at that stage now. So, you know, with some good drill results, there's a lot of upside here for investors, definitely. But there's a lot of dilution coming because you're going to need to raise this capital, right? Certainly, dilution is always part of it. We're trying to manage that by, you know, adding value as we go. Um, You know, two raises ago, we raised money at five cents. The last time was at nine cents. Now we're up around 24 cents. Our cost of capital keeps coming down. We're heading in the right direction. So, you know, to exercise our business plan, we need more capital. We're going to need to continue to raise some money through stages as we go and, and develop the resource uh, as we can, as we get through the exploration stages. So, yeah, raising capital is part of the business. There's different ways of doing that. And we're going to be as, as sensitive as we can to keep our share structure as good as we can um, as we move forward. Different ways of raising capital in the exploration phase. How's that? How's that? Well, you can you can bring in partners. Um, you can look at other ways of bringing in in capital. So yes, um, different companies have different business models. We're very much a true exploration company. So we want to identify good targets that we think can add value, and we want to uh, move those forward ourselves. Other companies may look for targets and bring in other people's capital to do the risky drilling and stuff. But no, uh, we're, we're an exploration group. We, we see opportunity, we identify it. If we don't like the opportunity, we're going to move on to the next one. But, you know, the, the big way to add value in this business of exploration, which is high risk by nature, is to take those gambles, take your best shots. And, and those companies with drill, drill discoveries um, do very well in the market for shareholders. Another thing I'd like to point out, Matt, is we've got more money coming in as we move forward. We've got $230,000 worth of 10 cent warrants due in October that we expect to be exercised. That money will come in. We're going to receive about 125,000 shares of Canadian Nickel Corp through a deal we have with Spruce Ridge and and Holdings and and an asset we monetize to Spruce Ridge and and Newfoundland. That's almost half a million dollars uh, coming in, which will more than cover our drill program. So we're going to have some money in the bank following this to uh, to move us to the next level. Okay, so you're explorers, pure explorers. Um, at what point do you start seeking partners, whether it be, well, in, in whatever form or guise that may be? Yeah, it's hard to say at this stage. Um, you know, we're, we're explorers, like you say. We're not mind builders or developers. Very different skill set. We recognize that. And we're not trying to be all things. Uh, so we'll focus on what we're good at which is identifying, exploring, defining the resource. Uh, As we move forward and we get to those decisions that we may or may not need a partner, um, we will make those decisions. Um, Eventually we'll potentially try to monetize the asset to a mine development group. 
um, or other. But uh, as we move forward, we'll, we'll look at those opportunities and, and uh, do what's best for shareholders. Beautiful. Well, look, Shane, I mean, thanks very much for coming and telling us that story. It's, a, it's an early stage project. I'm, I'm always intrigued by what's going on up here with the management team. You seem to have a very clear uh, view of how you're going to go about doing that. And I do appreciate your track record and the involvement of people like Altius, et cetera. But um, come back on and let us know how the drill results go. Maybe in a month's time, you should have some good news, right? Well, we'll see. Oh, we're testing lots of targets. So we got five or six different targets we're testing, multiple holes into each. Um, we'll see what, what holds. But we're, I'm excited. I'm excited that the drill's finally turning, that we're finally going to get you know, a good look at what it is that we're doing out here. And then we've got some new big ideas coming together, which can add value down the road. So lots of good things to come from, from Canada. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.